welcome back to the crossover across time podcast we're back with our first uh non-finals related episode uh today's date june 15th of 2023 first of all i'm your host karsten welcome to the show uh or welcome back to the show whether you've been listening previously or you're brand new to the show either way welcome we appreciate your support and uh For today's episode, we're mainly focusing on our weekly predictions recap. Um, If you've been following the show, you know that every Wednesday throughout the regular season, we made predictions based on, for the most part, a lot of regular season-centric items. We had some based on awards and playoffs, um, and there's a couple even that still are kind of to be determined as far as whether that prediction came true or not. Um, And I've had it in... uh, on our checklist, our collective checklist, me and the our co-hosts, you know, Wyatt and Justin, um, <clears throat> I've had it on the checklist to to review those, um, both the ones I did as well as the ones Justin did. Um, in total, if I remember correctly, it's 27 predictions we did. Um, but we finally got those uh, pulled together. We've got some graphics we've made as well for our Instagram page. We'll post that um, along with this episode. Um, real quick, our Instagram page is crossover across time, all one word on Instagram, no capital letters on that page. We do our best to like and share content from across the NBA. But of course, the main focus is posting content from the show. Um, but regardless, that page, along with the podcast itself, both great ways to stay up to date with what's going on in the NBA world as a whole. And also hopefully get that historic perspective that we aim to provide, um, of course, we'll also cover the latest key news, and actually, let's start with that real quick. We don't have any game summaries, of course, to talk about, um, but as far as key news, we have a couple items. Firstly, for the Boston Celtics, Danilo Gallinari has opted in to his player option. If you remember, last offseason, he signed a contract with Boston and was going to be a big part of their effort to uh, try and get back to the finals um, after the 2022 playoffs. Um, he was injured all this season. Uh, did not play, but he's opted in. He's going to hopefully make his return, be available for the season, and help out their efforts in the Eastern Conference. So that's interesting to see. I think good for Boston, good for him. I think that'll be a good fit, and uh, we'll have to see how he does coming off that injury. Uh, for the Washington Wizards, uh, there's reports or multiple reports that they are going to be exploring trade possibilities for Bradley Beal. Um, and it seems like we've heard this or variations of this over the last few seasons. You know, with Washington not really being a playoff contending team in recent seasons and Bradley Beal being as high a caliber player as he is, I mean, a top top guard in the league, top shooting guard at the very least. Um, so, you know, we've heard a lot of this kind of talk. It seems like it's picking up steam again. And it's interesting because he had recently signed in the previous offseason in 2022. He had signed a contract extension or a brand new contract for for several years. Um, but Washington, of course, has recently re uh, retooled their front office. And so the emphasis and their uh, picture for how the franchise will move forward might have shifted with that as well. Um, so they're just looking into possibilities. But uh, Beal does have a no trade clause. So that complicates things. It'll really kind of put it into Bradley Beal's court along with his agent, uh, Mark Bartlestein. Uh, and the the word is that both of them are working very closely. They're very uh intensely focused on okay let's figure this out if we if the team really wants to to get a trade in the works you know move on go on to whatever's going to be next for them um let's see where we want to go what 
spots fit for us. Um, and so that'll definitely be interesting to watch out for adds a nice little wrinkle of intrigue for this upcoming off season. Um, and then the only other note, um, a auction note, a memorabilia note, Michael Jordan, uh, his sneakers from the famous flu game in the, uh, I believe the 97, uh, NBA finals against the Utah jazz. Um, it was either game five, game six, game four, maybe even, um, one of those, of course, dealing with flu-like symptoms, played through it, had a great game, pivotal game that helped kind of give the Bulls the the championship, helped steer the the lead in the series their way. Anyways, the sneakers from that famed flu game were recently auctioned for $1.38 million. Um, I'm not sure how that compares to other auctions. It feels like we've had a lot of these auctions this season as far as either Michael Jordan memorabilia or uh, just, you know, kind of his era memorabilia, but uh, that's a decent chunk of change, you know, and that's going to be pretty cool to be able to say, Hey, I have the sneakers from the flu game. Uh, Iconic moment for sure. Uh, Just a fun little note, but otherwise that's really our key news. Let's dive into the uh, meat and potatoes of our podcast today, Uh, calling it our taking stock or a recap of, what we had for our weekly predictions. And I feel all right. Looking back at what we had, um, my predictions that I made about half of them were either pretty close or exactly correct. And then uh, the other half were, were not quite right or just completely wrong. Um, And really the weekly predictions is kind of just a fun segment. Anyways, Um, we we're not trying to be a hundred percent accurate all the time. We're not trying to be completely wild and just throw out hot takes hot takes either you know we're trying to, to have some fun with it you know throw out some things that we think hey this is has some likelihood and i feel like it could happen based on my kind of viewpoint so that was really the main purpose um first one we ever did my my first one and i believe uh justin might have done one the same day but we'll go through all of mine in order first and then we'll kind of talk on justin's as well um the first one I ever did was the Brooklyn Nets will miss the playoffs. This was right in the midst of the early season drama with Kyrie Irving. Um, the media kind of firestorm that happened at the beginning of this season with all of that. Um, and I don't think that was a terrible take, you know, and it's it, early on. It looked like that take was going to age very poorly because the Nets went on a, a great run. They were one of the best teams in the league. Durant and Kyrie were working well together. Then Durant got injured. There was a trade. There are a couple of trades. You know, the team was completely restructured with just a few weeks remaining. But they made the playoffs. They were a sixth seed. They were surprisingly potent against the Sixers. And so not quite. That was my grade on that one. Um, And I also had an early one about Kyrie Irving will be traded or bought out by the Nets. And that one I was dead on. I'll take full credit for that. You know, uh, it was that very season at the trade deadline, moving on to the Mavericks. And then the next one I got perfect as well. Sacramento Kings will break their playoff drought. And that was, you know, just a few weeks into the season after some decent returns, you know, they hadn't even really picked up steam. So I'm going to brag about that one. I called that, you know, check the records. I was all over that take and I, uh, very proud of that. Um, but again, I have plenty that were completely wrong. For example, I predicted that the Milwaukee Bucks would make a big move at the trade deadline this season. Uh, yeah, it didn't happen. Just completely wrong there. I was also completely wrong about 
uh, this one, the Phoenix Suns will be upset in this year's play-in tournament. Yeah, they were uh, they were better than the play-in tournament. They got Durant, and they were a fourth seed in the West. So uh, didn't happen. Uh, th- this one is probably my worst one. This next one, uh, the when I made this prediction, they had the Memphis Grizzlies had four upcoming games, all against different opponents from the Pacific Division. Actually, it might have been five games. It was a little stretch of games, you know, for a week or a couple weeks. And my prediction was Memphis Grizzlies will sweep their upcoming Pacific Division series. And at the time, they had already built a lengthy winning streak. And the other part of that uh, prediction was they would, with that sweep, they'd move into the realm of, you know, some of the longest winning streaks in NBA history. They'd kind of join that conversation of top 20, top 30 longest winning streaks in NBA history. Um, they then proceeded to lose every single one of those games and prompt you know, some concerns of what's wrong in Memphis. Is there, is there a panic? Uh, so I completely jinxed that one and got that wrong. So my bad on that. Um, some others that were not completely wrong. They just were a little off, uh, by the end of the season, Damian Lillard will be a top three name in the MVP conversation. He wasn't quite there, but he did have a good season. He had a great season in my opinion. So I don't think it was completely far off. Uh, DeAndre Ayton will demand a trade before the end of the season. Didn't quite happen. Uh, I put not quite instead of wrong, just because I think there there is that feeling that he's still not completely fully satisfied in Phoenix, you know, and and that is a little subjective. Uh, you can call me out as being wrong on that. I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't fight that too much. But in my opinion, I'd feel like it's more just a little off, not completely dead wrong. Um, one other one I got. Uh, perfect in my opinion. Uh, this is about halfway through the season, somewhere in there, maybe a little bit closer to the end. The Lakers will finish the season in the top half of the Western Conference. Uh, first part was right, they were seventh in the West, so that is in the top half, but then also they made it to the conference finals. So I felt like that was a perfect pick. I knew that this was a different team than last year, I had that feeling that they would be able to go, they'd be able to really like they kind of said the year before, but in actuality, they would be able to make noise in a playoff situation. Um, Going to the next group of predictions after that, I didn't have quite really any that were dead wrong. Uh, A couple more that I felt like were pretty spot on. Um, But looking at it, let's see. Um, Golden State Warriors will make a surprise trade at the deadline. Pretty close. I mean, I was surprised with the, I think that was kind of the surprise, the the James Wiseman move. They bring in, um, you know, Gary Payton. That was kind of interesting after you lose him in the previous offseason. So I think that was close. Not not a complete uh, internet breaker, I suppose, but it was interesting. Um, Here's one. The San Antonio Spurs will land the best odds at the number one pick in the 2023 NBA draft. Well, they were tied, of course, They with the recent uh, refinement to the lottery. The three lowest record teams have an equal chance at the number one pick. So they were tied for that chance, and then they landed the number one pick. So I'd say spot on, as close as I could get on that prediction there. Um, the other perfect one, uh, this is one of the last ones I did. Not one, but two play-in spots will be up for grabs in the final weekend of the regular season. That was pretty accurate. I mean, it was a crazy last uh, weekend of of regular season action. 
waiting to see who's going to be able to fill in those final spots. Um, and it might have even been more than two. I can't remember exactly those final three days of the regular season. So that was pretty close, pretty dead on. Um, another pretty close one. Uh, at one point, it was this was March 22nd. I predicted the current standings at that time would match the final seeding in the Eastern Conference. And I think I was only a couple teams off. There was a couple teams that needed to shift positions, but otherwise it would have been perfect. Uh, I think it was the Hawks and the Heat um, because in the planned tournament, well, actually, I guess it was perfect then because the Heat were seven and the Hawks were eight. So I guess I technically wrote that wrong. But then um, anyways, we'll we'll let it slide. Um, one that was kind of neutral, the one neutral one that I had, John Morant will use recent events as fuel. This was right after the whole first big to do about the Instagram live. Uh, but John Morant will use recent events as fuel and be this postseason's Luka Doncic. Kind of yes and no. I mean, the Grizzlies did not have a stellar series against the Lakers. They were able to win a couple of games. But John Morant had some really stellar moments himself. I don't think he played terribly. He had an injury that kind of limited him here and there. Uh, the close, the fourth quarter of one of the games, he was absolutely lights out. And so um, I don't think it was right. I don't think it was wrong either. Just kind of in the middle. So that's how that one was. And then a couple others that were not quite right. Uh, the Houston Rockets and San Antonio Spurs will win a combined six games or less over their combined 40 remaining games. Uh, I think those two combined to win about 13 or 14 games over that final stretch uh, as I defined it. So they still weren't winning a ton of games. They had improved from what they were doing before. When I made that prediction, they had both been on some pretty abysmal stretches. So they didn't quite keep that up, uh, but it wasn't completely off. And then the other one, despite not being an all-star, Jalen Brunson will make an all-NBA team at the end of the season. Didn't quite happen, um, but you have to imagine he was, you know, that if not the next guy, then the guy after that as far as vote guys receiving votes guys who would have been eligible to to earn that spot i mean he had a great season and it's a shame that he didn't get an all-star or an all-nba because i think he's really kind of shown himself to be the leader for the knicks especially in the playoffs you know and i like julius uh julius randall i think he's a great player but i think brunson has shown that he's got that higher ceiling and he had some brighter moments in the playoffs you know I think those two together, if Randall can keep things a little more consistent, then um, they can keep the Knicks consistently very competitive in the East, which I think is a great thing. Um, but again, I think Jalen Brunson has the potential and kind of is the little bit better player. Um, as far as my other two predictions, these are two that are kind of still waiting to be determined as far as what actually is going to happen. Uh, the first one was one I knew it's going to take a while to see if this comes true. Within five years, we will see an NBA team revolutionize defense and end the era of three-point emphasis. Again, we're going to have to get a rain check on that, check back in in five years and see, okay, did any of that, anything like that happen? Um, so that's where that one's at. But the other one, we'll know within the uh, the coming months. My prediction was and is Kyrie Irving will leave the Dallas Mavericks in free agency this summer. I kind of see that making sense still. And, uh, but again, whether that comes true or not, that's to be determined. Uh, so that's all of my weekly predictions. Let's take a gander at what Justin had for his. He had about half of the ones uh, or half the number that I did. Um, 
And he had three that were pretty much dead on. And I want to start with those because, you know, again, credit to him. Uh, he, you know, he called these. Firstly, this is the very first one. Uh, De'Aaron Fox will outscore Kevin Durant this year. And at this, the time, I was like, I don't think that's too far off, but it's, it, we'll have to see. But uh, I'd say I'd say it's a perfect pick. Now, if you look at points per game, uh, he was behind Kevin Durant about 26 points per game this season from Fox versus Kevin Durant's about 29 points per game. That's to be expected. But of course, Durant missed a ton of time with injury. Fox was stellar all season. Didn't really have any injury issues. And so total points, uh, De'Aaron Fox easily outscored Kevin Durant. And so I give him the total credit there. He called that, you know, made sense and a great pick for him. Another one, Luka Doncic will not win the MVP this season despite more impressive statistics than his peers. I'd say that's pretty dead on too. You know, you look at what Luca did, especially in that one stretch, that torrid stretch where he had the 60 point game and, and all of those kind of things. I mean, he was lights out and he still finished the season as one of the top scorers. Um, obviously the rebounds and assists. He's a, what, you know, one man show out there. Um, some of those stats a little bit more impressive all around compared to some guys that got MVP votes in some ways. So You know, I think that was right on, and it was a great pick. Here's one that's exactly right. Jaron Jackson Jr. will win Defensive Player of the Year. You know, and that I remember him saying in the moment that that wasn't a hugely wild prediction. Um, But, hey, I mean, he he cemented that pick. He made it definitive, and he was exactly right. So credit to him there. His last pick, he was fairly close on this, and he might be exactly right, depending on what happens in the coming season or two. But... His final prediction was the Memphis Grizzlies will slowly collapse on themselves like a dying star. And depending on what happens with John Morant, we have some early, you know, returns or rumors of returns on Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, the attitude of the Grizzlies, and then their early exit from the playoffs. I think, I think he's probably onto something there. And it's sad to say, because I think the Grizzlies are an ultra talented team. I like their coach well-built roster, you know, plenty of talent. Um, And I don't think any of the guys are bad people. It's just, you know, there's a difference between that confidence and a swagger versus just downright arrogance and cockiness. And um, I don't know if the Grizzlies quite uh, towed the line the way you'd like. I mean, they had some moments this last year where it's like just not respecting other teams and, um, not completely earned. I mean, still a young team, so just kind of an interesting one. But um, yeah, that's where we're at right now with Memphis. And again, in the future, we might even upgrade that to a perfect pick. Uh, might end up being not quite right. We'll have to see. But for now, I think he's kind of on the right track. Um, one that he got wrong was LeBron will not pass Kareem in all-time points this season. Uh, he did pass Kareem, but... You know, I think it was a fair point as far as, um, you know, LeBron with age having some more of the injury type issues and concerns, you know, and I think that's maybe what it's more going to boil down to with LeBron. I mean, he he will start to slow down. And in some ways he did in small ways, uh, in small, small factors, small areas, you know, he was still incredible still one of the great players, top 10, top five players in the world right now, if we're going to be completely honest. I mean, but the the foot injury uh, pretty soon after he passed Kareem, um, 
he played through it throughout the playoffs, give him credit. There were times where it felt like, okay, something is definitely bothering him. He's not playing the way you'd expect him to. And so I think Justin was onto something there as far as LeBron will slow down at some point or be slowed down by injuries or whatever else. Um, and so, yeah, com- not way off base, but it was kind of just wrong. He didn't end up not passing Kareem. So that was how that one went. And then we have a handful that were not quite, but they were still kind of close. Uh, the Cavaliers will come out on top of the East by the end of the season. Didn't quite happen, but I mean, they were a top four team in the Eastern Conference. So that, uh, you know, I'd say it's not completely wrong, but it's just not quite right. Um, Paolo Bencaro will be an all-star reserve this year as a rookie. Again, not quite, but I, I think he was fairly close. You know, he probably would have been the, if we're looking at guards and forwards, maybe the second or third guy closest in voting to being able to get in. And then also Walker Kessler will be named to the NBA all defensive second team at the end of the season. I thought that was a pretty good one. And I felt like that was going to happen as well. I kind of echoed him there and it didn't happen. Um, But again, I feel like he was close uh, and would have been deserving of that award. So I kind of gave him just a not quite on that one as well. Um, Then the only other one he had uh, is his, that's still to be determined uh, to Brooklyn Nets prediction. And his Brooklyn Nets prediction is that the Nets best option for Ben Simmons is to flip him for as many picks as possible this coming off season. And that one's more opinion than prediction in the sense of the phrasing, I guess what we would use to determine whether this was correct would be if one, if they make a trade and flip Ben Simmons and get picks and assets and whatever else, Um, But also what happens with the team after that, if they end up getting much better, if they stay the same, if they get worse, um, that would be the barometer, I suppose, for that one. But again, that one's kind of out there to be determined. Um, If we're looking at, you know, the holistic view of our predictions, I feel like we're doing all right. You know, I would be concerned if we had one or two that were just semi close and then the rest were either not quite right or just completely wrong. You know, you don't expect to ever get every prediction completely right. But I think for us to have, you know, about half or maybe a little less than half, either be completely perfect or pretty close to the mark. I feel like that's a win. I'm happy with that. So um, that's where we're at. Again, we have a couple more that are kind of to be determined in the future. But um, yeah, just wanted to run through those now that we have a chance to actually see where we landed. And that'll be a segment that we'll keep up with. The next season as well, we'll get a little more in depth with it. Uh, maybe add some some nuance, some new ideas to it. Um, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be great, and I'm already excited for next season, of course. But um, yeah, that's where we're at with those predictions. Let's go ahead and give you our this day in history fact and wrap things up for you. Um, so today's fact, we're gonna go back to 2003, 20 years ago, uh, June 15th of 2003. Argentina's Manu Ginobili and France's Tony Parker share in the celebration of the San Antonio Spurs victory over the New, the New Jersey Nets in the NBA Finals. The two players became the first from their respective countries to win an NBA championship. Uh, so that's a great one. Obviously, two greats in our league's history, two of the best international players ever. Um, apropos for a couple of reasons. Firstly, uh, with Tony Parker's legacy, 
as one of France's greatest players, if not the greatest at this current moment. Uh, and also next week, the draft and the the approach of the career of Victor Wenbanyama, that's certainly relevant. Um, but also the championship of the Denver Nuggets uh, within the last couple of days. And Nikola Jokic, his greatness as an international player, uh, the continuing driving force of international players in the NBA. Um, it's really cool to have those kind of ties and and see the growth of the international game throughout NBA history and see it reflected there. So, yeah, I thought that was a great fact to share for today. Otherwise, that's it for today's show. As far as the schedule, um, we will be back on uh, next Wednesday. So that'll be, let me check the calendar here, June 21st. We'll be back on for June 21st, in which we'll be giving you our NBA draft preview show. We'll really get into the specifics of draft prospects, updates on any kind of moves that might have happened, uh, what teams are going to be looking to do, rumors, all that kind of great stuff. So that'll be our focus for Wednesday. Then, of course, Thursday is the draft itself, after which we'll have on Friday a draft recap episode. We'll give you the updates, give you the the rundown on what all the teams did on draft day. Uh, that'll be Friday's episode next week. Uh, so Wednesday and Friday of next week, we'll have a couple episodes after that. The following week, we'll get into the uh, free agency period and all of that excitement as well. So it's going to be a great, uh, uh, great time for the podcast. It's really exciting to see what happens. We start laying the groundwork for the upcoming NBA season. But um, that's it for us today. Thanks again for all of those who listened. We appreciate your support on the show. And we'll be back with you next week on Wednesday. We'll see you then. 